In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus says to the Samaritan leper, were none found to return to give glory to God except for this foreigner, the clear implication is that the other nine lepers were not foreigners, that is, they were Jewish. And the expectation is that things really should be the other way around. Of course, all the lepers should have returned to give glory to Jesus, very God in the flesh, who stood before them and brought them healing. But if only a portion came back to give God praise, it should have been the Jewish lepers and not the foreign Samaritan. Because by coming back to thank and praise God, the Samaritan leopard showed that he recognized and not merely recognized, but that he believed something that the Jewish lepers did not. By praising and thanking God and worshiping at Jesus' feet, the Samaritan leper demonstrated his faith and he gave his outward confession that he held Jesus to be the Messiah, the Christ, the one foretold and awaited by the prophets. He knew that what he received from Jesus was not merely healing of leprosy, but redemption from sin, from death, and from hell. And so Jesus then bids him, rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. That is not to say that the leper's faith had freed him merely from his leprosy, but that the faith of this Samaritan leper clings to the promises of Christ to forgive him from his sins and grant to him eternal life. So God be praised for the faith of this Samaritan, by which he took hold of the promises of Jesus and by which he was saved. But what of the nine? Should not these Jews who had uniquely received the promises of the Messiah recognize that their salvation had drawn near? Where did they go? In all likelihood, it seems that they probably did as Jesus had told them. They probably went to Jerusalem and showed themselves to the priests, probably even offered the sacrifice that Moses had prescribed in the law, and they probably did what good cleansed Jewish lepers were required to do, and then they probably went home for a long-anticipated reunion with their families and reintegration into life in Jewish society. And being wrapped up in all the aspects of typical Jewish life under the law, they failed to recognize that the kingdom of heaven had drawn nigh in the person of Jesus, the person who had healed them of their leprosy. While to their shame, this fact was recognized by the Samaritan. After all, the promises of the Old Testament were that the Christ would come from the Jews. The Samaritans, though they were blood offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, did not have the same promises. Though the Messiah would, of course, as promised to Abraham, be a blessing to all the nations of the earth, the Jews had the special privilege of having the Messiah come from their very own midst. And so as it happened, as it was necessary to happen, 
Jesus did come from the midst of the Jews. He was born of a Jewish mother, and he would spend much time among the Jews giving sight to the blind, raising the dead, and making leprous skin like that of a newborn infant. And yet for all that, even having such a miracle performed on them, the nine lepers only saw Jesus as a means to an end. They did not recognize their hour of visitation. They did not know that Christ had come to rescue them, not merely from their leprosy, but from their far greater enemies of sin, death, and hell. That the Christ had come to gather to himself his people, just as a hen gathers her brood under her wing. But to them, these nine lepers, Jesus was only a tool, a means for their earthly improvement not the Christ who graciously desires to grant them a share in his eternal life. And therein lies the warning and the instruction for us. In the first place, Christ is no respecter of persons. Though that particular characterization is drawn from other more malicious Jews attempting to entangle Jesus in his speech, it is nevertheless correct. Christ is gladdened when any sinner repents and comes to faith, and he is saddened when sinners persist in their hardness of heart and their unbelief. The Jewish lepers get no special treatment because they are Jews, and the Samaritan leper is not turn away, turned away because of his Samaritan ethnicity. The Samaritan has faith, and so Christ is glad. The healed Jewish lepers lacked faith, and so Christ is grieved. So also now Christ is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care if 10 generations of your forebears are pious Christians, if you fall into or persist in unbelief and rejection of his grace, then you are outside of the kingdom of God and therefore outside of salvation. Likewise, if every one of your ancestors were pagans, but you believe, then blessed are you, for salvation is yours. In the second place, the heart is to put its trust entirely in Christ above all things. You are to look to him for every good thing. Christ is not merely an answer to your fleshly problems, only to be sought when earthly hardship comes your way. He is to be your only source of life and hope, both in times of sadness, but also in times of joy and flourishing. When things are going well, how often do you find yourself neglecting your prayers or failing to hear and learn God's word or skipping the divine service without much thought until some sort of disaster strikes? Indeed, we are prone to sin in the same way that the nine lepers were. When we are stricken with some affliction or another, we cry out fervently, Jesus, have mercy on us. But what that prayer really is supposed to mean is, Jesus, save me from my sins, for apart from you and your mercy, O Lord, I will surely perish in hell eternally. But we frequently say those words, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, to mean, please make my earthly life more comfortable. And when things do get better, we as the nine lepers are prone to put aside such praying until such a time when disaster again strikes, 
neglecting even to give praise to God for delivering us from our earthly affliction. So repent, pray to our Lord for mercy as did the Samaritan leper. Pray as he did in faith, faith which has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray for Christ's mercy as only he can give it. That is, do not pray only for deliverance from your earthly struggles, but that he would forgive your sins and redeem you, that he would rescue you from hell, from Satan, and from death. Pray for mercy, but pray in the confidence that the one who listens to your prayers is the Christ, the Messiah, very God of very God, begotten not made, come to earth in the flesh, the one who took the leprosy of our sin upon himself, who was scourged, who was crucified, died and buried, that we might be rendered clean, spotless and righteous in the presence of God the Father. Indeed, you can pray in this way, because you, like the Samaritan leper, have been given saving faith as a gift from God. And in this faith, you not only pray rightly, asking for the things that God has promised in which you need, knowing that he delights to give them to you, but you also then know where to render your thanks and praise for such great gifts. You are, of course, here in the divine service, first and foremost, because you need what God has to offer here and the things he wants to give you. But you are also certainly here to praise him for giving you everything you need in this life and for the life to come. For in faith, you do not view our Lord as a convenient miracle worker, but as your gracious God, who has done everything that you need for salvation. And so in the love which flows from faith, you rightly come here to render him thanks and praise. And so once we have received God's gracious gifts here in this place today, you like the Samaritan leper may rise and go your way for your faith has saved you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.